Laura here. Just wanted to explain a few things. Um, when Liana says that Jesus Christ knew what it was like to give birth, this is a reference to one of our beliefs that Christ took on all suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not only the sins of the world, but he also took on sickness and pain so he could truly know how to succor and comfort us. He didn't have to actually give birth for him to know what that pain was like, so that is what Leanna is talking about. Also, a heads up, Leanna mentions miscarriage and stillbirth. Um, I know that can be a sensitive topic for some, so I wanted to just let you know ahead of time. Okay, enjoy the interview! Welcome to Laura Asks About Motherhood, where I, Laura Pruitt, ask my guests about their experiences of being a mom. Today's guest is a lady who has such a beautiful singing voice. She loves journaling, essential oils, and playing with her hair. She has three boys, Liam, who is four years old, and Ryan and Glenn, who are three-year-old twins. Please welcome my friend who I met when I was in college, Liana. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on, Liana. Thank you for having me today. Of course. So did you always know that you wanted kids? I think I did at a really young age. I knew I wanted kids. I just was never sure if I could have kids. So I'm like, it's one of those things where it's like you, you never know how your body's going to react to wanting a baby, even though you have this desire, but I just never knew if I actually could have them or not. My mom has endometriosis. And my dad was in Vietnam and had um, Agent Orange. And so my siblings and I are all test tube babies. So with that, we didn't know like if we could have any children. And I was the first one to kind of embark on this journey. And I had no idea if I could or not. Wow. Well, that's kind of exciting because you have an older brother and a younger sister. I do. My brother is 10 years older than I am. And I have a younger sister who's two years younger, all from the same parents. So wasn't like they got remarried to someone else, all from the same parents. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you became a mom? Um, I was the right age of 27. <laughs> I actually had um, our oldest son, Liam, just uh, 10 days actually before my 28th birthday. Aw. So he is January 15th and I am January 25th. Aw, cool. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I got to share my birthday with him. Yay. That's such a happy birthday gift. Little baby. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. I'm putting words in your mouth. <laughs> I just remember being very tired. <laughs> yeah. I but I got to go see a movie. So that was that was a little bit of a break. So it was nice. Aw, that is nice. <laughs> yeah. How did your age affect your mothering, if at all? Um, You know what? I don't know if it did or if it didn't actually to be completely honest I think it was just I don't think I ever thought of age as a factor of if it was going to affect me as being a mom or not how I was going to be a mom I think I was able to observe a lot of different parenting styles from different people and so I think that was what I just looked for 
not necessarily age. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what was it like to shift to the role of mom? <laughs> um, it was actually kind of easy in a sense and in a way. Um, my husband, Chris, um, we've been married at this point in time, 10 years, almost 11 years in July. Um, we worked a lot with youth. So we worked a lot with kids between the ages of 12 to 18 years old, and they kind of became our surrogate children at our at really early ages of our early 20s. And we had them all the way up to our 30s. And so it was kind of really easy because we already had this love for other people that we knew that we could, that we were like, we're ready for this. Like, yeah. It felt like it was an easier transition versus it just not have like not having that experience. Uh huh. That makes sense. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, did becoming a mom change the way other people saw you or treated you? Um, yes, actually. Um, I remember our first Sunday going back to church after having Liam. I was really nervous about going because I guess in my head I expected I had gained all this weight when I was pregnant and I had expected to be like the same size I was after pregnancy. And so I was so nervous because I wasn't that same size. And when I went to church, um, there was a woman there and she not out of malicious, like a malicious way or anything like that. She was so sweet and so kind. She just looked at me and she was like, Oh, hi, you're here. I'm so happy you're here. Let me see the baby. And I like was in the background all of a sudden. And so instead of me like kind of becoming like being Leanna, who is Liam's mom, I became Liam's mom, not Leanna anymore. And so that, that was really hard because people stopped seeing me and they just saw him. So, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my fears. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> no, I'm like, it's something to not be so scared of because now that I have three kids, I'm like, you know what? I have to realize that once my boys start going to school, once they start doing that, I am going to be Liam's mom. I am going to be Glenn and Ryan's mom. At first it was really hard because at that stage, Chris and I had been married for six years, like almost seven years. So everyone had known us just as us, but I come to realize I'm like, yeah, I am Liam's mom. Yeah, I am Glenn and Ryan's mom. And that's who I am. But that doesn't make that doesn't mean that's completely who I am. I'm also a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I, like just being a mom does not define me, but it does accentuate it in a sense, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, please don't be scared of that. I, I know for me, it was really like, it really hurt my heart and it hurt my feelings. Cause I was like, Oh, that's like sad. But then I like quick, like, and Chris even like pointed it out. He was like, wow. Like she forgot all about you and just wanted the baby. But then I was like, Oh, but at the same time, I got a break for like a minute. Like, someone else was holding him and I could just like sit here quietly and just 
take in whatever I need to take in. So it was almost like a medita- meditation like moment for me. So oh. that was another way that I kind of had to take it, especially mm-hmm. when our twins came along. Oh, it, was, sure. it was very, very nice. Yeah, because we were chatting before we started recording. Um, yeah, because your kids are considered Irish triplets. Is they're so close yeah. in age. They oh are a year and 15 days apart. Oh, so we are all January babies. So Liam was born on G- January 15th. I am January 25th. And the twins are January 30th. So, yeah, it's a whole month of birthdays. <laughs> But yes, when the twins came, it definitely was really nice to just let people love on them and have them show them their love because then it allowed me that moment to just be like, ah. So I ended up not being afraid of people just wanting to pick them up and like wanting to love on them and like anything like that. I just, I became very acclimated to that very quickly. So that, so please don't be scared of that. (laughs) Thanks. Did becoming a mom change the way you saw other people or treated other people? I think I became a little bit more sympathetic to moms in a sense. I think in the past I would like, and I think everyone kind of does this where like they judge and they're like, my kid will never do this. My child will never do that. And then you have a kid and then they totally do it. And you kind of have to look at it and go, you know what? It, it is what it is. And so when you see that mom who's like struggling, you're like, mom, I, I got you. Like, I understand like what's going on. I completely feel you. I've been there. And like, especially like if I'm in the bathroom and there's a kid that's like, I have to go potty in there with their parent. I'm like, I can hold it for like a second. You guys go. Cause I know what it's like to have my kid need to go to the bathroom. And you're like, please don't let there be a long line. I'm like, just go. Just do it. And so I'm like, I, I think I've become a little bit more sympathetic and empathetic to that fellow mom who's just like, her hair is becoming gray like mine and she's at her wits end and she just, she's at a loss and she just doesn't know what to do. And so I think it definitely, it changed my point of view in terms of that and allowed me to, to see moms differently as well. Sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure those moms really appreciate it. Like just letting them go ahead of you in line at the bathroom, especially if their kids are potty training age, and they're just learning, just learning how to oh, use yeah. toilets and stuff. Oh, yeah. Were any of your kids planned? Okay. So our oldest son, Liam, he was completely planned, but he was also kind of a surprise in a sense. Um, as I previously talked about, I didn't know if I could have kids physically myself. And so I kind of always put the vibe out there and like told people, you know, I may not be able to have kids. So that way people wouldn't be so surprised. I also suffer from something called IBS, also called irritable bowel syndrome. So when I have flare-ups, I look like I'm pregnant and I used to be mistaken for being pregnant all the time before our first son came. Yes. All the time. I would be at church and someone would say, so when's the baby coming? I'm like, what baby? And they were like, I was told you were pregnant. I'm like, no, unless somebody knows something, I don't. So um, when my husband and I, Chris, decided that we wanted to start a family and grow it, like we were already a family, but grow it more than just the two of us. I went into the doctor 
to just see if I could get pregnant. And they were like, you're already seven weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh, for real? So that was a surprise, but he was totally planned. Um, and it was great. We got all the pictures and we got the, like, you know, the pregnancy photos and we got to get all the ultrasounds. Our twins, on the other hand, were a different story. Um, after having Liam, I had some actually complications with giving birth to him. Um, I thankfully was able to give birth to him naturally, but it, um, it caused some scarring in a way that kind of debilitated me for a couple months and didn't oh, let me really feel like a mom. So within doing that, I was trying to get a lot more healthier, trying to lose all that baby weight. I was doing all of these things and it was one of those things where my stomach wasn't going down. So my stomach wasn't going down, but then it would like pop out and then I would go to the bathroom and it would go back in or I would do some yoga poses and then it would go back in. So it was very confusing situation and months and months of this where I was just like, I'm losing all this weight, but why is my stomach not losing it? And we were being told it was just my irritable bowel syndrome, that there was nothing to worry about. In the middle of all of this, we ended up finding out that we were losing our health insurance because I left my job, which had the health insurance, to become a full-time mom. It was more financially stable to do so versus me working and paying for someone else to take care of my child or our child, I may say. <laughs> so we ended up losing our health insurance. I was seeing independent doctors. I was going and getting what's called colonics done, which helps you to go to the bathroom. And I was getting all this information like, you need to get your health in check. If you don't get your health in check, then you're not going to be able to have more kids. You know, we really need to get this figured out, like all of these sorts of things. And I was starting to come to the realizations that we may not have any more kids. And I was starting to get to this point where I was like, okay, you know what? I think I have enough love for just you. I think that's all I can give. And so it was really sad and it was really heartbreaking, but I was like, you know what? If this is what God has in plan for us, then this is what it is. And there was a lot of family drama that was going on at this time. So it was like stress losing, trying to lose weight, not being able to lose weight when I was wanting to, all these different things. And at the time we were living in Los Angeles and I was down in San Diego, which is where I currently live, visiting my family for a week and was not feeling good one day. I just wasn't feeling good and hadn't had my period for like months at a time. We had just finished nursing like Liam. We were doing all this stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't feel good. Was laying down, was like taking it easy. My home, my entire family was so kind and generous. They were taking care of Liam to then later on that day, I gave birth to a baby. I didn't even know I was carrying. That so, is wild. Yeah. That is so, so wild. Yeah. So Glenn was born at my parents' home in Carlsbad, California. <laughs> if you ever heard of Legoland, you know where Carlsbad is. <laughs> So he was born in my parents' home. My mom and my dad were there. 
my brother was there. My brother was calling 911. We were all in shock that this even happened to begin with. Paramedics came, picked us up, took us down to Encinitas at the hospital there, Scripps Hospital, that was amazingly good to us. Um, The entire time of me going down, my ribs were in so much pain. So I had just given birth to this baby naturally without any like drugs, nothing. Um, I totally had drugs with Liam, I will say this. (laughs) So I know what it's like to have drugs and not have drugs. But I had literally just given birth naturally to this baby. My ribs were killing me. Like they hurt so much. And I was by myself. My brother was calling my husband up in LA telling him, you know, she's okay, but she's being taken to the hospital. My husband's initially thinking, oh my gosh, her stomach's just blown up. Like something bad just happened because I've been dealing with all these stomach issues, these stomach problems. Doctors were telling me all different things. And now I'm being taken to the hospital. She's like, my brother was like, so you, she's fine, but she's just given birth to your son. And my husband was like, what? excuse me. (laughs) So he was kind of shocked. He's up in LA has just gotten off of work and he's just gotten this phone call from my brother. I'm alone for like two hours. I'm being like, I felt like at the time I was being interrogated by like doctors, paramedics, nurses, like, how did you not know you were not pregnant? Like, how did this happen? And I was like, well, I have health issues. And sometimes I look like I'm pregnant, but I'm not actually pregnant. And I was going to doctors and I was doing the things I was supposed to be doing. And yeah, I didn't have a period, but that's because I was nursing. Like, isn't that normal? And I just finished nursing. And so I just started my period today. So that was something on top of that, that I didn't know I was pregnant. And I was having my quote unquote period, which is not a good thing. You should not be bleeding when you're having a baby. And I was like, Oh, Lord, if I knew that back then, I would have probably gone to the hospital sooner. And so like, I'm being interrogated. And finally, my mom is able to join me in the room that I'm in with Glenn. And I'm like, my ribs are in so much pain, like I'm having a hard time breathing. And the nurse looks at me so funny. And I could tell from her body language, that this is not something normal. And I was like, Okay, she goes, um, we need to get an ultrasound. And I'm thinking, um, okay, I'm thinking something like complications have happened again. Well, once my mom finally gets in the room with me, the doctor has finally joined again and is with the nurse and the nurse turns to the doctor and I can tell by her body language that there is another baby still inside of me. Now, keep in mind, I have no clue that I'm pregnant at this point. I've just given birth at my parents' house. This is two hours later. I'm being told that there's another baby inside of me. I can barely take care of one. I'm like, how am I supposed to take care of two? And when they took the ultrasound, they were like, so there's another baby in there and possibly a third. What? Yes. So apparently... Ryan was so shoved up into my ribs and breached that in the ultrasound, they couldn't tell if it was two, like four arms or four legs that they were seeing. So we have a family joke that Ryan is very, very impatient. And he pushed his brother Glenn out because he was like, dude, you're taking too long. I want out of here. And so he pushed him out. And so he kind of shoved himself up into my ribs. So <laughs> we have a family joke. 
because Riot is not a very patient child at all. <laughs> so yeah, they told me they were like, okay, there's a second baby in here, possibly a third. Now there's two options that we have. We can either A, try to push this baby around, which I had heard about. And my, my whole thing was I always wanted to give birth like as naturally as I possibly could. I didn't want to ever go C-section or do anything like that. But I also knew if I ever had to, like with Liam, then that's what it was. I wasn't going to be butthurt by it or anything like that. It was just what it was. So when they gave me the option with Ryan that either I could have, they could try to push him around or I could go in for an emergency C-section. At this point in time, I am like, you know what? Whatever is going to make all of us safe and fine, I will do whatever. So they're getting me prepped and ready for that, my emergency C-section. And as we're, my mom's getting prepped and ready to go in with me. And she's like, her husband's on the way here. Like he is driving here. I would prefer that he be in the room with her versus me. But we had no idea like what his ETA was or where he was. And so as they're wheeling me in to for my emergency C-section, my mom's already in her gown. She's dressed. She's prepped. She's ready. Because my mom's had C-sections. And so she like knew what was going to happen. So she was like prepped and ready for me, like ready to be by my side and be ready to be my rock. And as soon as I'm wheeled in and they are starting to cut into me, my husband, Chris showed up and they immediately put him in the gown and he was right there next to me. And he saw Ryan be pulled out of me. He saw him be born regardless if you give birth vaginally or you give birth as a C-section, regardless, it is the most beautiful thing because you're giving life to someone else. Like you're, you have become this vessel that has given life to someone else and it doesn't take away in any way, shape or form. So I've given birth vaginally with drugs, with naturally, like at home, I've given birth through emergency C-section all different experiences, knowing I'm pregnant versus not knowing I'm pregnant. And I can't compare any of them. I can't compare any of them. So to you and to anyone who's listening, if you've given birth to someone who's like to a baby through C-section or you have to give birth through for a baby C-section for health reasons, or that's your personal choice, like do not feel any less of a person for doing so. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. The same thing goes with um, nursing. I will say this: the same thing goes with nursing. I totally, completely nursed Liam till just before the twins were born, and I was able to do that, thankfully. But when the twins came, I was being forced to nurse them, and I, I personally made the choice and said, "No, I cannot do this. Like, I can't." one baby. It was one baby. These are two babies. And so regardless, if you choose to nurse or you choose to give a bottle does not make you any less of a mother does not make you any less of a person. And it doesn't make your kids any different. Just because you've given your child a a bottle doesn't mean that your child is not going to be loving or caring or smart or anything else. It makes your child fed it makes them loved because they're still being held by you and it makes them being taken care of. And so 
that is one thing too, is that I made the choice to nurse and I made the choice not to nurse. But going back to it, um, yeah, when they were able to pull Ryan out of me through C-section, um, thankfully there was just one more baby, not in a second one. They like double, triple checked everything. They're two hours apart from each other. Usually and typically what I heard is that they're around five minutes at most. Oh, wow. Like once you hit the five minute mark, I've heard that that's kind of like the danger zone. Oh, yeah, I didn't know any of this info. And so my dad has looked up all of this stuff because I I don't personally have twins. Um, well, I have twins, but I before then I had not personally known of twins in my side of the family. One of my dad's half siblings, he has twins. But I didn't know of like super immediate family that weren't like half relatives or anything like that. They like had twins and my husband's oldest sisters are twins. So it was very confusing for us to be like, Oh my gosh, there are twins. Like where did these twins come from? And so I knew nothing about them. I never wanted to be a mother of twins. You could ask me at any point in time in my life. I was like, you are crazy. If you want twins, like those people out there that are like, I want twins. It's going to be the most amazing and beautiful thing. I was like, that sounds like a nightmare to me, (laughs) but I will say this going through this pandemic, them having each other during this entire like quarantine time, because we live in California, um, going through this entire quarantine time where we've been um, staying at home and all these other sorts of things. It has been nice having them so close in age and them having, um, even if it is twins, like them having each other versus it just being one child. Yeah, I'm sorry if that question I answered so long. That's fine. I want to hear it all. It's it's such a wild ride. It's it yeah. sounds like such a roller coaster. Yeah, and it's crazy because I've heard of the TV show. I didn't know I was pregnant. I think that's what it's called. And I was like, "How do you not know you're pregnant? Like that doesn't make any sense to me." To then, I'm actually experiencing it, and I'm like, "No, I legitly had no idea that I was even pregnant." Like this really can't happen. If you have medical issues or your body's changing in some way, shape or form, like it can totally, yeah, you could totally do that. And yeah, it's, yeah, I think I had to explain it so many times since the twins have been born. Thankfully, it's kind of died down a little bit to where it's not, hi, I'm the woman who had twins and didn't know I was pregnant. (laughs) And you would think, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, you would think that like, um, with all your doctor's visits, you would have gotten a pregnancy test at some point. Did you get pregnancy tested? Um, so I actually took at home pregnancy tests. All of the doctors that I saw didn't feel the need to give me a pregnancy test. Um, I was like seeing all different kinds of doctors. Like, um, I was seeing chiropractors and like, uh, doctors who did colonics. I know that I I will specify this and say, I know that they don't give out pregnancy tests. They're not supposed to give you those. (laughs) So don't expect going to any of those doctors and getting that. But at the time we had lost our health insurance. And so I wasn't able to go actually see an OBG to actually get a pregnancy test um, because it would have been really expensive. And that was something we were already spending so much money on all of these other doctor appointments just to take care of this one 
issue and this one problem. But even normal regular doctors from clinics, they didn't feel the need because of my history with my IBS. They didn't feel the need to give me a um, pregnancy test. But I took them at home and they were so confusing because one would say I was pregnant. A few minutes later, I would take another one because I would want to double check. And then it would say I wasn't pregnant. Oh, that is super confusing. Yeah, this went on for like six months. Oh my gosh. Taking pregnancy tests frequently like every two weeks or whatever else it was was like it was frequent I was doing them in our home in LA I was doing them at my parents house um down in San Diego I was like I was constantly taking pregnancy tests and spending all this money on pregnancy tests that were telling me no and yes like one right after the other and I wish I still had them so I could like show people and be like nope this is what it was but I I I threw them all out because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is so confusing. Yeah. And, and even then, like I have a picture that my sister like cropped and put together that I had, I had taken a picture a week before I gave birth to Liam and I was super pregnant. Like you could tell without a doubt I was preggers and I was like ready to pop with my twins. I ended up taking a picture on happenstance to show my, uh, to show my mom actually that like, cause my stomach had been out. I had done some yoga and I um, was doing some like home remedies at home and all of a sudden my stomach went down. And so I was like taking these pictures to show my mom, like, this is weird. Like, this is not normal. Like my stomach has gone down and it was just popping out a second ago. And it's gone down. I'm like, no, I'm like, this is definitely my IBS acting up. So my sister, I, for some reason, still had this picture because, you know, I'm lazy and I don't go through my whole camera roll and I don't go deleting photos when I should be. And so she happened to crop these two pictures together. They are literally a week from the time that I gave birth to each of my children. And you would think that maybe I'm like newly pregnant like with the twins that I was like just a couple months and was barely showing. And so it's so confusing because thankfully I have that photo to be like, no, this is like literally a week. And so even with the twins, they were like, we think the doctors were like, we think they might be like four to five weeks early. Like, did you take any prenatals? I'm like, no. So like, it's, it's one of those sad things. I have all of these pictures from like Leon and like the ultrasounds and all this stuff. And I have absolutely nothing from the twins. Cause you didn't it's know. Those, yeah, I know. But it's also one of those things where it's just kind of sad. Cause you're like, Oh, I would have totally had a book for the twins. And I would have totally taken like the like pregnancy photos again. And, but yeah, it was like the strangest thing. And I had lost all of this weight except for my stomach. And it was, I ate more healthy with the twins versus with Liam. Because you were trying to like help your, all your medical issues with your IBS and stuff. Yeah, I was, I was definitely trying to help out with all the medical issues that I was going on. But like with Liam, I think it was also one of those things where I, you kind of get to this point where you end up reading all these books of what I should be eating when I'm pregnant, what I shouldn't be eating when I'm pregnant. Do not pay attention to any of those. Your body's going to do whatever in the world it wants to do when it is pregnant, regardless of how well you eat or how well you do not eat. Like, <laughs> <Noted>. <laughs> it, 
it is going to do whatever it's going to do. And so it, it's just the funniest thing. And it, it makes us laugh because Liam, he loves healthy food. Tomatoes are his favorite food. The twins, I cannot get to eat a tomato to save my life. <laughs> so it's so funny because it's like the kids that I ate the healthiest with that I was probably in my most healthy pregnancy shape were my twins and they just want sugar versus <laughs> my oldest who I ate the worst with because <laughs> I was also working. And so I, was, I needed that sort of like energy, but also it was like, you know what? I'm pregnant. Like I'm just going to put caution to the wind. I'm pregnant and I'm, I don't care. And so with him, he just likes to eat the most healthiest foods. And so I still adhere to all of those that a lot of the same diets of a natural lifestyle as much as I can and eating things that don't hurt my stomach and eating things that are good for my IBS. Cause I still deal with it. That's the other thing. I still deal with it. It's not something that went magically away. It's still a problem that I have to this day. And so it, it's so funny. Every pregnancy is always going to be different and your body's going to do whatever in the world it wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'll just say real quick, the pictures you were mentioning, the side by side, I saw you post on Facebook uh, shortly after you had the twins and it, it like blew my mind because with Liam, you could tell a week before you gave birth, you looked like you were about to give birth. And then mm-hmm. um, with the twins a week before you gave birth to the twins, it was like, I don't know, maybe you're not even pregnant, which is wild because you had two babies inside of you. <laughs> I know. And they were both like five pounds and supposedly that is very large for twins supposedly twins um are a lot smaller but five pounds each so basically I was carrying a 10 pound baby around like if you think of just one child I was carrying around this 10 pound baby but it came in the (laughs) two of them that is so wild so wild so it sounds like because they were surprises like literally not only a surprise Mm -hmm. that you're pregnant but surprise that you uh had the babies inside of you um Mm -hmm. it sounds like that probably affected the way you mothered I'm guessing yes because um I had kind of come to this conclusion that I was only going to have Liam that we weren't going to have any other kids because of all the things that were going on I was already thinking of like okay Liam's a year old he had just turned one 15 days prior he was just starting to walk I was like oh my gosh like now him and I can go to Disneyland, just him and me. And I don't like, we can just have mommy and son dates. We can go to the park together. Like, you know, he's starting to walk around. Like this is going to be so much fun versus having a baby who at home would just be like sitting there. And you're like, I have to hold you all day long. Like he was becoming more independent. And so I was super excited for that. So then have two more that came. And so it changed a lot about mothering where in terms of when Leon does and learns one thing, the twins almost automatically learn the same thing, either simultaneously or just after. Like, thankfully, now all of our boys are potty trained. They were all potty trained in the year 2020. Liam was at the beginning of the year because we were actually starting to potty train him before we had the twins. Oh my goodness. Wow. He, he wanted to, he wanted to go on the potty. He wanted to start it and we were encouraging it. We were like, yes, sir. Like do it. So then when the twins came, 
he all of a sudden like regressed to like, no, I'm not going to, he didn't want his pacifier anymore. And we were like, yes, like we don't have to wean you off of this thing. Like you just don't want it. So all of a sudden his baby brothers had passies and he was like, I want mine. So it definitely changed it, but it also caused me as a person who has depression and anxiety and really bad OCD to learn to adapt to things that I'm not used to adapting. And so as a person who like wants everything clean, it, it really helps my anxiety and it helps my depression when things are really clean. And also with my OCD, (laughs) everything's in place. It, it's kind of altered it where I still have those problems and I still have those issues, but it also altered it in terms of me being a mom in sense of, you know what? They've got toys on the floor. It's okay. Who cares? It still drives me crazy. So please do not like think that all of a sudden I'm fine. (laughs) It still drives me crazy, but it allows me to remember that I'm always adapting and I'm always changing and normal is a relative word. And so as a mom, like you can have one routine all the time and you're like, yes, this is what works for us. But then something ends up happening and it totally just like throws you in a different direction. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I'm always adapting and I'm going to adapt and I might sit there with my feet in the sand and want to stay there. But then I have to realize I can't, I can't feel that way and I can't go there. And so it definitely changed my mothering in the sense of I, of having to adapt and having to try to figure out how to have one child who's older and teaching him something versus his little brother's who are very close in age to him and being like, okay, you can learn it, but we're going to give you a hot second to like, just be your age right now and not be the same level as your big brother. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, You've mentioned Chris, your husband several times Mm -hmm. already. Um, How has having him around affected the way you mother? Um, (laughs) I, I will say this. Having him around is very nice, but I will also say this. I am also like a single mom a lot of the time. Oh. So I love my husband. He is my rock. He is the person I go to for everything. But he also works a lot. So he is in the aerospace industry. And so when we lived in LA, he would go to work at like, he would get up at 530 in the morning to start work at six to then get out of work at 3.30 and then come home. And in LA traffic, as I know that you both, you and I know, and some people may not know, going like a mile could take, anywhere else could take you five minutes. Going a mile in Los Angeles could take you an hour. Literally, yeah, <laughs> like I remember. Literally. And so, and there were a lot of times where he would have to work overtime. So there were times where I would not see him through the out the entire day to maybe dinner time or bath time. And so we had a routine where it was like, okay, daddy gets bath time. That's just what we do. But then when we moved to San Diego in Carlsbad, his schedule completely changed. So now he works the night shift and we don't exactly live close by to where he works. And so 
he starts work at 3.30, but has to leave where we live at 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, my goodness. So, so yeah, he starts at 3 o'clock or 3.30. And then he's off at 12.30 in the morning. And depending if they've asked to do overtime or there's something that they're in a crunch for, he could be getting out at any point in time, like close to 2.30. So then he's got to travel all the way back to us and then try to wind himself down to then going to sleep. Sometimes we don't see him until like 10 o'clock in the morning. So from like 10 to like 1.30 is like my one window to see him. And so I'm the reason why I say I'm constantly feeling like I'm only parent and a single parent is because I'm having to make decisions without him all the time. Something's constantly changing. And because of the limited time I do get to see him, he doesn't always know the changes that are happening. Like one boy doesn't want to eat this or this, you know, we've changed their bath time routines around where they're no longer taking baths. And now our boys are taking showers. And not only are they not only taking showers, but they're taking individual showers and they're, we're teaching them to, I'm teaching them to be big boys. So a lot of times it feels like I'm doing it on my own until the weekend comes. And then we're able to kind of be together as a family unit. And so I feel for those moms who have to do it on their own and are working and are putting food on the table and getting their kids to school every day. Like they are the bravest, most accomplished women in the entire world. And I bow down and give thanks to them every single day because I thankfully have a partner, but he's not here all the time. And so the times that he is here, I just want to be like, like, please take the boys, like, please take them. And I just want to go take a shower. (laughs) But it's also one of those things too, where I'm happy he's there. And so I, it's one of those things where those moms that are on their own, like, they, they are the most courageous people in the entire world to be so loving and caring and to give their all and to give even more than that. Yeah, definitely. How does your religion affect your mothering? You mentioned going to church and we met at church yeah. when I was in college yeah. in LA. Yeah. Yes. So that, that is how you and I know each other. That's also how I met my husband. And I know that's how you met your wonderful husband Troy so I'm like I know that's how like we became like this like sort of knit group of people because we had the same sort of foundation I guess in a sense and we had like just even though we may not always believe all the same things like we just had this feeling that there was something greater than us and so it definitely changes how I feel like for me, at least it definitely changes like how I mother in the sense that having a faith, because I recently heard this beautiful quote that was actually given by our, like uh, published by our church on social media. And it was a single mom. Sorry, just for those who don't know, our church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, just for clarification. Okay, so this quote by the single mom, go ahead. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so there. Um, so our church put out this post on social media that this mom was single. She had become recently single, and she had these two little boys, and she was just, like, asking them, like, how do you feel about, you know, mommy and daddy, like, daddy not living with us? And one of her oldest sons, 
who's not like super old, like he's not old enough to comprehend like what we can. But he said the most sweetest thing where he was like, mommy, we're not alone. Like Jesus is with us. And it was one of those things where she was like, oh my gosh, like, that's right. I'm co-parenting with something greater than me. And I am co-parenting with, you know, my savior. And so for me, like, it definitely changes it for me because I'm constantly reminding myself that I'm not doing this alone. And I have um, an older brother, Jesus Christ, who knew what it was like to give birth. He knew what it was like to go through the pains that I go through because he atoned for our sins. He went through all of that pain and to feel these, um, the depression and the anxiety that I go through and to know that when they do, when they do happen, especially when they're near my kid, when I'm near my kids is that it helps me to remember and to teach our children that, you know, there is something greater than you and that someone is always looking out for you and to kind of help our kids. Cause my husband and I are both very active in our, in the church and we have family members who may not be as active or they've um, walked away from it and that's okay. And that's fine. But it's one of those things where it's like, we're like, you know what, if we've given you, all of the foundations that we feel that are to be a good person and that has made us good people as well. Even if you like decide to move away from the church, like you don't want anything to do with it. Like as long as you have those foundations that you can pray, you can meditate, you can do things that are not for yourself. Then that is the greatest gift that we could ever give our kids is for them to know that, it's not all about them. It's, it's about others. It's about service. It's about being like Jesus Christ who served others. And regardless of whatever somebody looked like or their religious beliefs or sexual orientation or anything like that, like we are all children of God. And that's the best. That's, that's one of the best things that I love in regards to having a faith and having that faith with my husband. And I know there's so many people that have different faiths from their partners or like whoever they co-parent with, they may not always see eye to eye with things. And you know what, that's okay. And that's, but as long as your kids are saying that, you know, that there's something greater than you, I think that's the greatest thing that anybody could give their kids in general is that it's not about me. It's not about them. It's about everyone else. And it's about, it's about other people and it's just about showing kindness and love and not basing it on anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's a source of support for you. Like you said, you feel Mm -hmm. like you co-parent with uh, Jesus Christ or heavenly father. You feel like you have that support Mm -hmm. to help, especially since you feel like a single parent during the week when, when Chris is at work for all those odd hours and, um, so I'm glad you have that support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely helps. How does your culture affect your mothering? Um, <laughs> um, it definitely does affect my mothering, actually. Um, so I am third generation American. Um, so I am American of Hispanic descent. Um, but I'm also half white. 
So my mother is um, second generation American, like Hispanic American. And my dad is what he considers himself a mutt. He comes from a bunch of different European backgrounds. I didn't grow up with my dad's side of the family so much, but I definitely grew up with my mom's side of the family. And so definitely seeing how family supporting each other is definitely a big thing because I did grow up with my mom's side of the family. We were just taught and it could be um, a Hispanic culture. It could just be a culture that we had just in our home. It was like, if your family needs you, you drop what you're doing and you go help them. If they're having a health issue, you drop what you're doing and you go help them. So it was always one of those things where it was like family comes first. And so I think that definitely is one of those things where with our boys, like it definitely changes. It definitely like affects my mothering. And it also affects my husband in the sense that we are currently living in a four generation home. (laughs) And so we're seeing what it's like with like our boys and them interacting with their great grandparents and them interacting with their grandparents and showing them that family comes first and that we are a close family and that we are all that we have because friends come and go They're Sometimes they're here for a season. Sometimes they're here for a lifetime, but family is mainly what we have. And so I think that definitely affects mothering in a lot of ways. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned you're in a four generation household. How does your relationship with not only your mom, but your grandma affect your mothering? Um, there are lots of opinions that happen uh-huh. um, because, because of different generations, there's always things that are changing. And so things that my grandmother like knew when my mom was young, she still believes that they apply today. And things like when I was young, my mom, um, the same thing, like they apply today and things that I know of now, I'm like, well, we didn't have the information back then, but now we have this. So it's definitely one of those things where it's always great to get advice from, you know, my mom and to get it from my grandma. And there are some things where I'm like, okay, I really want to take this advice. And then there's somewhere I'm like, I got to take it with a grain of sand. But I think that's with anybody, like people that give you unsolicited advice and you're like, that's great. I didn't ask you, (laughs) but, but it's one of those things where it's like, no, like I really, even though there's times where like I stomp and I'm like, like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I really do take into account like what they're feeling and what they're saying. And sometimes it helps. And sometimes it is something I have to figure out on how, it will work with me to teach our boys, but especially living with different generations of family, it definitely becomes um, a, a dance, none to say the least. Uh, definitely becomes a dance, but it's a dance that has its slow moments and it has it's a dance that has quick and passionate moments. And then those moments where it's just super soft and it's loving and, it's again, one of those moments where you just have to adapt to it. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's so sweet. <laughs> just hearing you describe <laughs> living with your, with your mom and your grandma and just how you all kind of dance together and figure it out together. It's just so sweet. Yeah. I mean, thankfully for me, I actually um, 
grew up in the same situation. Like I grew up in a four generation home. So I grew up in the situation that my boys are currently in where I lived here in the same home with my immediate family of my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. But not only that, we also had my aunt with her husband and her two kids. Then we had both of my grandparents here. And then we had my grandmother's mother living with us. So it's not the first time I've done this, but it's definitely seeing it in a different perspective from being a kid looking at all of the adults to now being the adult having to like look at everything at a different point of view, as well as being like, I know what my children are going to are going through right now because I lived this because when we moved from, we lived in Escondido previously, when we moved, I was about the same age that Liam is now. So it's, (laughs) it's almost like history has repeated itself in so many different ways in our life that I'm like, Oh my gosh, like (laughs) this is, this is happening. And I'm in the same bedroom that I was in like back then. And it's just, it's a funny situation. All I can do is laugh and giggle because it's, it, it is one of those things where I feel like Heavenly Father puts situations in our lives so many times because we're supposed to learn something from it, but also not only just learn from it, but also to help those that are going through it for the first time to help them understand what's happening and to help them navigate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You can be the one helping others learn. Yeah. Yeah. Did your relationship with your mom change after you became a mom? I feel like it did because I'm able to go to my mom and be like, was I ever like this? And she can tell me like, yes, you were, or no, I don't know where that came from. Um, Like with, in regards to my kids, but I will say this, it changed in a lot of ways because I have been able to find out more about my mom that my mom didn't like really share with us growing up. So like, for instance, um, my brother and I are 10 years apart from each other, but that wasn't by choice. My, my parents really did try to have more kids in between us. My mom suffered through stillbirths and miscarriages and things like that. And so I got to see her, her fear for the first time in terms of like when I was pregnant with Liam of what she went through because she didn't want the same thing to happen to me. Or if it did happen to me, she could empathize with me because she's gone through it as well. One of the things that I got to learn about her was I have a brother who's just a little bit older than I, who was born, um, but unfortunately he passed away not long after he was born. And I never got to hear about him ever growing up. I knew his name and I'm not going to disclose it just out of respect for my parents, but I knew his name and I would always think like, oh my gosh, like what if he did live? Like how would our relationship be? And all of these sorts of things. But I actually got to hear about him from both of my parents and I actually got to hear how my mom was and how it was for her giving birth to him and how it was during the pregnancy and then how it was for my dad. And so that definitely has helped me see them in a different light. And not only that, like even like nowadays, like they tell me, they still will give out little tidbits here and there of, all the different pregnancies and all the different things that they did. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like 
my parents like hit this really well. But I also feel bad because I'm like, my parents should not have had to deal with this on their own. Like, they, thankfully, they had each other. But I'm like, they didn't have to do this on their own. And I know that us as children shouldn't have to feel their pain because we should have just been kids. And we were just kids. But I just felt so bad that they that it was one of those things where I I couldn't be there to hold their hand. Aww. And but it's nice because now I can be there to hold their hand and I can tell them you didn't do anything wrong. Even like with my siblings, if and even myself, if we make choices that our parents don't necessarily agree, it's, it has nothing to do with them. It's our own choices. And so I get to hold their hand and say, you, you didn't do anything that caused any of us to be the way that we are. You caught, you taught us correct principles. You taught us how to love each other and to not get things in the way. But ultimately, like, you are not the cause of any of our choices. And so that is one thing is that I am able to hold their hand and tell them you didn't do anything wrong. Our choices are our own choices because we have something called free agency. <laughs> and we've chosen to exercise that that we also remember the principles that you taught us. And so as, as a parent, I'm able to see my parents and my mom in a different light. And so, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that's reassuring for your mom to hear that, like, you know, we're as adult children, we're making our own choices Mm -hmm. and to, to try to like reassure her in that way. But also it sounds like that's something you're saying to yourself as well. Like you're doing your best for your three boys, but like, (laughs) They're, they they are their own people, you know. They're they they are in their own person, and they're gonna make yeah. their choices. So you just do the best you can as their parent, but remembering that one day when they're as they grow up, they're making their own choices, and yeah, you can help them through that. What is something about motherhood that has been surprising? Something about motherhood that's been surprising. Um. I'm like, I'm trying to think about it. I guess I'm not afraid of things as much as I thought I was. And I'm willing to do things in the name of my boys. I am deathly afraid of snakes. I hate snakes. I have nightmares about them. I cannot stand them. And my boys are obsessed with them. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> obsessed with them. And so in the past, whenever we've gone to the zoo and museums, they'll always be like wanting to go up to them. And I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, nope. Mommy's not going there. Like mommy's not going there. Um, recently um, museums and some parks have opened up in California. And so we've gotten some passes to the museums and things like that. And <laughs> we were able to see some live snakes and my boys are like, mommy snakes. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, mommy's coming close to the glass, but mommy's not going to stay here for very long. So it's one of those things where I, I'm surprised at how I have to put my fears to the side to make sure that, you know, if mommy can be brave about this, then they can be brave. But if, if mommy's scared, it's okay that mommy's scared and you can be scared of things too. 
And so I'm like, I think I'm more surprised of what I'm willing to do in the name of my kids. That makes versus sense. Myself. You know, as I was asking the question, I was like, oh, I mean, her twins were a huge surprise. <laughs> <laughs> like, wild yes. surprise. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But I, I love that you are able to find this like inner strength in you and this bravery and courage in the name of your kids. That's so that's like really beautiful and admirable. I will say this. I am not a very brave person <laughs> at all. <laughs> so um, the fact that I do that, I'm like, okay, okay. My husband actually laughs at me whenever we go to the zoo because there's there. I know in the LAZ, there's a section of just reptiles and you're kind of almost in this cave sort of setting and there's like one singular bench in the middle so that you can kind of sit there and look at all of the snakes in their own little habitats and I have just sat on that bench closed my eyes and like come to myself and I'm like nope nope I'm not looking at anything (laughs) and so he he likes to giggle and laugh at me but he's also like my biggest cheerleader when I am able to like do that and he's like you went and saw the snakes or he'll just come home and be like you know Leanna was off in the corner because she was scared of the snakes again I'm like thank you but I went yeah yeah (laughs) what is something that has been hard about motherhood Uh, I think (laughs) I think almost everything is hard about motherhood and I don't want to say that in the sense to scare anybody from having kids I think it's just my situation in particular, because my kids are so close in age, it can be challenging and it can be hard with the ties of your kids only being bottle fed or nursed to then giving them solids. And you're trying to figure out like how to give them solids. So then they're finally eating like mushy food to then like, okay, well now we're going to give you like more food to then, okay, well, now you're going to roll over and you need to figure out like all those basic stages, they can be hard and challenging because you're having to teach someone else how to do it. And you're like, I'm, I've been there like even now saying to myself, I, you, you should just know how to do this kid. Yeah. Like, you should know how to draw by now. <laughs> like mommy sticks her hand on your hand so many times with the crayon and like draws with you. You should know how to draw by now. But I have to realize that I, I, I have to teach them how to do that. And and none of our kids right now are of age to go to school. And especially with the pandemic and schools being shut down, it wasn't like it was a huge factor for us because none of our kids were old enough to go, but having them all so close in age and having to teach one right after the other can be super challenging. Um, Especially when we were going through the potty training stage that, was a that was kind of a maze but I will say it because of how we did it the boys caught on very quickly and that was one thing is that Liam was potty trained at the beginning of 2020 just before shutdowns or anything like that and the twins kind of got to see him like grow so by the time that it was like November of 2020. We were so over diaper changing, but diaper diapers were such a comfortable zone for us, but we were so over it at that point. And Glenn just went, 
Daddy, I want to go potty at the toilet. And Chris went, okay. And stuck him in front of the toilet. And he went to the bathroom. Ryan did not want to do anything for at least a week. <laughs> we would always ask him, like, do you need to go potty? He's like, no. And he was just, like, fought us on it. And then we finally got to a point where we were like, you're potty training, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is becoming a big boy. Like, you're going to potty train now. <laughs> and thankfully, he caught onto it very quickly. Um, but it, it can be challenging because it is the hardest job you will ever have in your life. It is the job you don't get paid for. You don't get, like your yearly evaluation and you're told you're doing a great job. Like, let's give you a raise. Like you don't get any of that. And so that can be super challenging and it can be super hard because you're like, I, I thrive on knowing if I'm doing a good job, but it's also one of those things where you're like, it's the hardest job I've ever had in my entire life. And I went to school for makeup artistry and hair selling. I've had, a career in that aspect. I've given up my career so that my husband can go to school. And I worked as a receptionist at a salon. And after that, I worked um, in retail for a long time and dealing with customer service where you're constantly getting feedback here and there. And all those, prof all those professions were like, you're constantly getting feedback to then all of a sudden I'm a mom and I'm not getting that feedback. And you're not seeing almost like what your worth is and your value put on a paycheck. And so the, it's a huge challenge to try to figure out like what your worth is as a person, because either your kids can't talk yet or they can't verbalize like how much they love you or anything like that. But yeah, they can, it can definitely be challenging even just from like the moment that they're born trying to know what they need, but they can't talk to you to even the age that my kids are now, Liam has amazing vocabulary and can have a full-blown conversation with you. But our twins, they're still trying to figure out how to, they, they can talk to you and you can understand them, but it takes a beat to try to figure it out. And so it, it becomes challenging and you kind of almost have to have your own dictionary and try to figure out what things are being said because other people don't necessarily understand it. And you're like, Oh, that's what it is. Little Brian and Glenn dictionary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's, and it's the best thing ever because Liam knows what they're saying sometimes when I can't figure it out. And then Liam like translates it for me. Cute. That's adorable. <laughs> and he's like, no, mommy, this is what he wants. And I went and I asked the twins and they go, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, Thank you, Liam, for being my translator. <laughs> what is something about motherhood that's brought you joy? So the flip part of the not knowing your value and not knowing your worth and the challenges of motherhood, the parts that bring me the most joy is even though I'm not evaluated every year or I'm not constant, like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you, you may not be constantly being flowers, especially if you're a single parent, like you're doing that all yourself. The best things and the biggest joy is when I remember when Liam was able to come and give me a hug on his own Aww. without me picking him up or me having to do anything. And that was just the biggest like joy in the entire world. And I was like, Chris, 
I'm like, this is the stage I like because th- that was a stage that I loved and I still love it because my boys will come up to me and my favorite part right now is each boy has their different way of showing me that they love me. And it brings me the most joy. Like Liam, he, he'll put two of his hands on my cheeks and he'll go, mommy, I love you too. Aww. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> um, Glenn loves to give me a kiss on my nose. Oh, He puckers his lips like Sebastian <laughs> in The Little Mermaid. Like, pucker your lips like this. And he puckers his lips and he can definitely do the duck face. But then he kisses my nose. And that's the way he shows me that he loves me. And then Ryan, um, he will put his arms around me and then he'll give me what feels like a thousand kisses on my cheeks. And he goes, mommy gave you lots of kisses. It's, it's the biggest joy ever because even though they can't express to me, like how I can express to my parents, how much I love them and how much I appreciate them. They, they found their own way of telling me how much they love me and how much they appreciate me. And even the moments sometimes where they, just like come to me and they go, oh, sorry, mommy. Sorry, mommy. It, that's what I'm saying. It's the flip part. It is the most challenging job, but it's also the most rewarding job you will ever have. And you don't get paid for this. Like as mothers, we should probably be billionaires <laughs> like, <laughs> because of, because we're not just moms. We're also like the nurses, we're the doctors, we're the teachers, we're the, you know, we're the people that do like the cooking for them, making sure that they're fed. Like, we're their nutritionalists. We're like, we're so many different jobs and we have to take on so many different hats, but they don't see all of the different hats we have to put on. And that's, I think that's one of my biggest joys is that they just see me as mommy. They don't see all the different hats I have to put on, but I think now they're starting to get, a hang of that and sometimes they'll be like mommy I need the doctor because they need like a band-aid on them and um they're like mommy I need the doctor and I'm like okay <laughs> so um sometimes I put on little costumes and I oh, pretend fun. to be this so that way it's that way it's not so scary for them when they do go to the doctor and like when they are having to get like their flu shots or their shots in general for their own vaccinations of kids like they're not scared of it and because they're seeing mommy do it at home and they're seeing mommy go to the doctors. Cause I, I personally go to the doctors frequently for my own health things, but also I go to therapy for my depression and my anxiety. And, and that way they know that they, they don't have to be scared of things like that, that mommy does it too. And it's, it's not something to be scared of. And so that's, those are the joys that come with it is that they see us and they also realize that grown-ups have to do it too it's not just them yeah what advice would you give someone like me who's just getting ready for kids um I think it's one of those things where it is so easy for you to stress yourself out um with the question of what if and because I constantly go through the questions of what if that I always have a plan A to like plan Z and 
honestly and truthfully, sometimes things don't always pan out the way that you wanted to, especially like with my twins. That was not how I planned on having more kids. We were planning on like three more years. <laughs> like, like it is one of those things where it is so easy to say, do not stress yourself, but it's one of the simplest things that you can say to yourself. Don't overthink it and don't stress yourself thinking that it has to be this way or it doesn't have to be this way. Um, because I know so many people who suffer, like who deal with, not suffer, but they deal with infertility and it's heartbreaking. And either they can't have kids at all and they find surrogacy to be their best option or adoption to be their best option. There are some people where neither of those are even an option for them, but they find ways to love others the same way that they could love a child. And I think it's one of those things where if we put, we put so much stress on ourselves as women. And if you put so much stress on yourself on yourself, that that's all that's going to happen. It's just going to be stress, 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 stress. And I know that probably better than anybody else. And so just knowing that whatever happens is what happens. And it, it is, it's part of a bigger plan outside of yourself, because I know even me, we had our twins and I had no idea that we were pregnant with them and it was my own body, but I know so many like couples and single like people who so desire to have children, but they can't yet for some reason. And I'm like, I'm listening there going, I feel so guilty because I have these two boys or these three boys that are super healthy, two of them who I had no idea that I was even having. I didn't do the, all the stuff I did with our first son. And then I like, how, why do I have these two boys? Like, why do I have them when there are so many more people out there that are so willing to have it? And so I think even for yourself, like, do not rule out anything. Don't rule out anything and don't overthink it. Like, just allow yourself to be, allow yourself to enjoy whatever process you go through. And yeah, sometimes it might be heartbreaking. And sometimes it might be the easiest situation in terms of getting pregnant. But either way, whatever sort of thing you go through, um, you know that you will have more empathy and more sympathy for another person who's going through the same thing. And so that's what my dad always tells me. He's like, what's the lesson in the trial that you're going in? So when I was pregnant with the twins and I didn't know, people were constantly asking me if I was pregnant and we'd have to respond. I have a health issue. I have a pre-existing health issue. And I would tell my dad, I was like, I don't want to go outside because people are asking me when the babies do. And I'm not pregnant. Like, you know, I'm not pregnant. I know I'm not pregnant. Everyone around me knows I'm not pregnant. And my dad went, okay, what is the lesson that we can find within this trial? And ultimately we found out you, you don't just ask someone if they're pregnant and when the babies do, like, it's not cute. Like, don't do it. <laughs> Unless you know them really well <laughs> or like, like they're in your inner circle, like, just don't do it. Like you just don't ask you wait for them to tell you 
Um, and I think that's the thing is that it's just whatever you end up going through personally yourself, you just look at the lesson that you're supposed to learn from it. And that's it. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Leanna, it has been such a joy talking to you and reconnecting and catching up and everything. Thank you so, so, yeah. so, so much for coming on and sharing all your thoughts and experiences and advice. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, I think I've spoken enough on this podcast. And so um, <laughs> I feel that my time is now done. But we love I, it. We want it all. <laughs> But I am I am so grateful to be here and I'm so grateful to be able to share this experience. And please know that really quickly, my experience is my experience. It does not happen to everyone. So if you do have a health issue and a health problem, please go see a doctor. Um, if you do suffer from depression, anxiety, please go see a therapist. If you have children and you are not connecting to your kids in a way that you would love to, please go see a therapist. I've done it. I've been doing it. I'm working on it still. And it's one of those things where you are not less of a person for doing so. And please know that like, it is one of those things where I will say that if you have a health issue or you have a health condition, like doesn't mean you're always going to be pregnant. My situation is like one out of a million very sort of stories. Yes. <laughs> it is very unique. And so don't think that this is going to happen to you because it may not always happen to you. <laughs> and so I don't want anyone to think like, Oh my gosh, like my stomach's really hurting. Like, am I pregnant? It may not be that like, like that may not be the case and it may be a health issue and it may be that you are pregnant and either way, finding out the information that you need to and doing what you need to is the best thing. Also as well, just having somebody to talk to, it can be so challenging and so hard. And I know of so many people that have been cooped up at home with COVID and everything like that. If you have a friend that you know has been having challenging times you may not even know because I honestly don't even verbalize it that I I have difficulties and I have a lot of problems in terms of it um because like again like I said my boys are so close in age I don't always reach out to people and so if you can send a text to a friend or you can do something like that like that would mean the world to them they may not get back to you right away and please do not be offended by that it is sometimes they are processing information. And so that is, that is my biggest thing. And um, I think I will end on that note because <laughs> I've spoken too much. Not at all. We love it. We love to hear it. Everything that you want to share. Thank <laughs> you so much again. Thank you. Leanna, thank you so much for chatting with me. One of my fears is that when I have kids, People, more specifically, my friends and family, won't see me as a person anymore. They'll only see me as my kid's mom. So hearing you talk about how you felt like you were no longer Leanna, but now you were Liam's mom to people at church, it hit a nerve. (laughs) I know we kind of talked about that in the interview, but I'm glad you were able to share your perspective shift and appreciate the break that it gave you when people coddled your kids. 
I will keep that in mind if I ever feel some type of way in the future. Also, thank you for that good reminder to avoid the what-if questioning and to not overthink things. I'm so glad that you are getting the help you need for your anxiety, depression, and OCD, and I really appreciate you talking so openly about those issues. I know it can be hard to do. If you, listener, have any mental health issues, please reach out to someone. If you are in the United States, you can call the 24-7 National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. If you want to come on the podcast and share your experiences of being a mom, you can reach out to me, Laura Pruitt, on the Laura Asks About Motherhood Facebook page or Instagram account. Thanks for listening. Thank you.